Writing and releasing this book feels like such a huge task. It's the first book that attempts to bring together theories, research findings, case studies and real experiences from professional practice to explore why we blame women and girls for anything and everything we possibly can. I titled the book Why Women Are Blamed for Everything for a reason. This year, I've been working with women and girls subjected to male violence for 11 years, since I was 19 years old. I sometimes feel like no matter who the woman or the girl is, what she did, what she said, where she's from, we'll still find a way to blame her for everything that was done to her by an abusive man. I've heard women and girls held responsible for everything from being harassed in the street to being trafficked around the UK and sold to men. This is to the point where women can be murdered by men and as a society and as professionals, we will still look for what the woman did wrong, what she could have done differently and why she didn't tell someone what was being done to her. I started my career in the criminal justice system supporting victims and witnesses of serious crime. The majority of my caseload was domestic and sexual violence. No matter how many women and girls I met, I was always fizzing with anger when I heard how they'd been blamed or told to change something about themselves. It hurt me to listen to them say that they'd changed all those things about themselves and they had blamed themselves and yet the perpetrator had attacked them again. Much of my time was spent talking to women and girls through their own self-blame and their experiences of being blamed by their parents, their partners, their friends, their community, the police, the social worker, the hospitals and even the professionals working in domestic and sexual violence support services. When I moved into managing rape centres and sexual violence services, I hoped that I would be hearing considerably less victim blaming than I heard in my criminal justice jobs. What I found was that victim blaming was not less, it was just different. Instead of dealing with defence lawyers questioning what girls were wearing and why women were drinking, I was dealing with mental health teams telling women and girls that they were mentally ill or had personality disorders because they still hadn't recovered from being abused or raped. It was hard to hear women and girls aged from 13 years old talking about themselves as if they were broken, disordered and mentally ill. When I worked with them, they certainly didn't appear broken or disordered or mentally ill. They instead appeared to me as completely normal, rational women and girls who were trying to cope with the trauma of being abused and violated. Later on, I moved to work in child sexual abuse and exploitation. I remember thinking that there must be much less victim blaming within children's services, especially as so many children being sexually abused and exploited are under the age of consent and could not possibly be held responsible for anything at all. Every day, I was proven wrong. It was quickly apparent that even children who were being abused and exploited by adult men were being told to change something about themselves, to take responsibility and to take the blame for being raped and harmed. Talking to teenage girls who are convinced that the reason they were sexually exploited is because I keep putting myself at risk is frankly soul-destroying. When women and girls have built up the courage to tell someone they've been raped or abused, the experience of being blamed or held responsible had stayed with them for years. It had changed the way they saw themselves. No matter how many times I heard it, I never became desensitised to hearing the impact of victim blaming on women and girls. I decided to undertake a PhD which sought to explore the psychology underpinning the apparent need we have for blaming women and girls for the male violence committed against them. I wondered why we did this. 
how we came to these perspectives, where these biases came from, and how this was all impacting women and girls, and the support they receive when they do disclose. All my PhD research is contained within this book, in addition to other research projects I've undertaken in the last 10 years. I've written it to be accessible to as many people as possible, and I've refrained from writing a traditional academic textbook based on my findings. However, I feel strongly that this book has brought together important and illuminating evidence of the way we blame women and girls in every way possible, and we do it globally and consistently. My hope for this book is that it causes debate, discussion and forces us to ask some difficult questions of each other, our authorities, our governments, our services and systems. I would like it to provide a solid evidence base for women going forward, whether they're students, academics, practitioners or activists. This book contains evidence from hundreds of studies and authors exploring the experiences of thousands of women and girls.